0: Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Welcome into another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Joseph, it was big news in, and that's Joseph Joe Deck, there was big news in high school football late last week Jacob Phillips there at Stanton High School stepping down from that position, and uh, it left me wondering what was going on for a solid, like, four or five hours. But then late in the evening, it was announced uh, officially from Bath County High School that Jake was coming over, back home, coming back to Bath County, coming to Hot Springs, where he was has his jersey retired and was all everything over there, played in multiple state championship games, won one for him, at quarterback, along with his brother who would go on to play on, in the NFL. Um, he's going to be back. He's going to be the AD and the head football coach. And as I texted him uh, when we traded texts the next night, I, I'm happy for him. And uh, I think that's a really great opportunity for him to uh, to go home and try to uh, kind of lift that that program back up, uh, football in particular. But it seems like sports all around about County um, just aren't as strong as what I remembered when I was young. So I'm excited – him to go there, put his touch on things and, uh, and and get to do it where it'll be appreciated the most his you know, his hometown, his, his home high school.
0: Yeah, what a sweet gig, A.D. and football coach. I mean, can't beat that. But, um, you know, yeah, it's we're obviously happy that he's getting to do what he wants to do. And yeah. it, it just it never really clicked at Stanton um, for whatever reason. And that's I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just saying it. It just never happened. And so now he gets to go back home, Bath County. He's more familiar with that area. It's where he grew up. It's where, you know, he's been a head coach there before.
1: You think he's going to, you think he'd be able to motivate uh, participation. You'd think like if if they're going to play,
0: he can get the people back out. Yeah. Yeah. He can get the people back out there and we'll see what happens uh, when he's with the Chargers and, and I don't think
1: he was running from anything to stand. I don't. I no. think. I think this was like the perfect opportunity. I think. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, right.
0: Like, well, and it's it's also the AD position. It's not just football coach. Yeah. It's also yeah. you get to be AD, and so yeah, uh, there's a lot of factors that I'm sure drove him back there. You know, it, like you said, it's home, it's yeah. head coach and AD, it, it's a new challenge with the <laughs> AD role. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. Dylan I'm sure.
1: Pye Dylan Fry leaving there, he's going to go be AD and head football coach at James River. That's where Jake Phillips was before he came to Stanton. So it's this big triangle of, uh, of mess here, and there's going to be more of that here in a second. So when who's I explain, the James but... River
0: coach that's going to go to Stanton?
1: <laughs> we, we should look and, uh, and nail that down. But, I mean, there's other uh, weird triangles here because while Jake played at Bath County, he had, he had head coaches Chris Jones, who is now at Covington, mm-hmm. and he's been other places before, before that. And then he also had Will Fields, who is now at Allegheny. Guess what Jake Phillips' two first games are at Bath County? It's first week against Covington, second week against Allegheny. So right initially, his first two games will be against his former coaches that he played for. I think that's very interesting. But he has taken over for a program that has been way down. They've they've won uh, minimal games over the last years. Uh, The last two years with Dylan Fry was head coach, only two and 13. Um, So you know, he's, he, if he does a little bit of winning, he'll be improving things. And that's good. Um, but the problem is the job he's coming off of at Stanton, you know, he he only did a little bit of winning in three seasons. He was six and 20 only had one win in the Shenandoah district, but I find it interesting. It seemed like there was interesting wins each year. Like the first year uh, they were, uh, they started out two and one. The only, that loss was to LCA who was loaded and you're like, okay, here we go. Like, Great coach to come in behind Jerelmo, and then things just kind of came off the rails. One of those wins was that overtime win against EA. So, but like all the momentum just left after that overtime win. So then 2020, obviously everybody dealt with a lot in 2020. Well, here he comes in the opener against the East Rock team that's only a couple of years removed from a state champion, uh, a state semifinal run. They go and beat East Rock in the first game, and everybody thinks that's the biggest win ever when it happens. Well, then we find out East Rock has fallen off and this and that, and Stanton doesn't win another game. And then this year, uh, started out 2-0 with wins over Covington and Page. Covington, okay, Page we thought was going to be better, so okay, Mm -hmm. we think this is a good indicator. And then they only win one more game the rest of the season. So I'm just interested to see if he's able to take those early surprises or early, early gains, I mean, they, he won in the first few weeks of the season, every single year, I'm wondering how he's going to be able to, you know, infuse that preparation into entire seasons at Bath County while also trying to pick that program off the ground. And, and, you know, they haven't been beating anybody. So, um, yeah, it's a big challenge for him, but um he's going to have all the resources he wants when he has <laughs> hiss, when he's the ad too. you know, all he's got to answer to is the mirror. So uh it'll be a really interesting situation for him and one we can easily all be rooting for. I mean, he he plays he plays Gap uh in the Shenandoah District, that's the only other local team he plays. So I know I'll be rooting for Jake Phillips at Bath County to do well cuz I think it's good for our general area if there's other good teams in that pioneer district that, you know, Riverheads and Gap and others can go down and play and, and be challenged by and, and, and have good rivalries. I know when I played for Riverheads, those Bath County games were the biggest. We played them in a state championship game. So obviously that was huge. And uh, I remember the year I came back after I graduated, um, it was the homecoming game, just because most of the time that midseason non-district game was the homecoming game. It was Bath County. And uh, here's uh, uh, um, John Phillips, who's going to go on to play in the NFL looking like an NFL player playing against a bunch of high schoolers and, and beating the heck out of Riverhead. So I think it's better to have that dynamic. So I'm really hoping Jake can get that turned around up there. And not just football. I hope his influence, his energy, his approach can, and can help sports across the board. Basketball, obviously all the guys sports, but even the girls sports. Get, get them all going back in the right direction with you know, his leadership.
0: Sure. And, of course, obviously this leads to the question for folks in our area, who takes over? Who's going to be the next coach at Stanton?
1: Yeah, yeah and I mean this is a program that had 19 years of David Tibbs, and they went to the playoffs from 2005 to 2014 consistently. Um, now the the knock the knock there was six playoff wins in that stretch, and and you wanted more. I mean they were they'd be nine and o nine and one. I think they had a ten and o season, um, and then but just didn't produce multiple playoff wins in any season. And so then Jerelmo comes in, and he gets six playoff wins just in the four years that he's there, including a run to the state championship game. So kind of, kind of excelled that program and you are think, okay, you know, they're riding high. Well, then he pieces out. And and ever since then, it it just hasn't come go. And then it's been while Jake was there. So uh, it's, it's, you're putting it on Jake's shoulders, but there's probably multiple reasons for it, but you want to find this next coach, someone that's going to be able to lift it back up and get things turned around. With only one Shenandoah district victory over the last three years, Stanton, that, that's not good enough. you gotta be, you got to be winning more district games. I'm not saying they have to go out next year and, you know, dominate, but they need to get multiple district wins in the years to come here so they can build back up. Uh, I think the first thing you look at, you, you're asking who's going to be next – I think at this point, when you're talking May, you're looking at who, who's the assistant coaches. Who's, yeah. who's can we just slide the chair over for and, and get? So uh, the, you know, the names on the website for who were the coaches this year was Cole Byler, Adam uh, Martini, Adam Tibbs, Marcus Elmore, Mikey Bell, and Zach Fowler. And so I, I'm drawing from that the ones I kind of have highlighted. Mikey Bell, he's been the JV coach. Um, I know he's been interested in being a head coach on varsity level. I'd look at him. Um, the fact that Adam's last name is Tibbs just, you know, means something to me when, when the AD's name is Tibbs too. I just wonder, um, you know, you, you know, coach Tibbs will know what his son knows about football and leading programs. So you, you would you would have to think, uh, probably good things there. And then Cole Byler, I just know he's been an intricate part, even when Scott Jerome was there and their success, I know he was a very big piece of that puzzle. So those are kind of the three names I quick to throw out but that is reckless, reckless speculation. I have not talked to another soul about who is going to take over that program. I have heard nothing. And, and I think this is going to be one of those situations. We won't know anything until they hire, Mm -hmm. uh, especially being late in the hiring process here.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't want to speculate too much, so. I'm I'm not
1: saying reasons really.
0: Right. But we'll see what happens there. And obviously we hope to see it in the storm, uh, make a successful hire this time. and can, like you said, start building back to what they were just a few years ago and state championship runs and getting into the region tournament. And I mean, it's, it's been a while since they've been in a region tournament, so we'd love to see them there, but moving on to back to spring sports baseball. Uh, I said, Wilson wasn't going to lose a game in the district. They were going to run the table. Adamant,
1: adamant that they wouldn't lose a game in the, in the, Rest of the regular season.
0: So, naturally, they lose the next week.
1: Um, <laughs> the very next game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. You jinxed them. Yeah. But, I mean, that win on Tuesday, I, I'm not going to ignore the fact that when they beat draft, the second-place team in this district right now, 14 uh, nothing. I mean, that's that means something. You look at that, and you're like, dang, okay. Like, they're for real. They're not messing around. But here's Buffalo Gap, who's had their... Their downs haven't been that down, but their ups have been ups, and this is this was one of them. Beating Wilson here, and uh, you know, kind of pairing with that run they went on early in the district season, here's a big win late to kind of keep it in the mix. Now, I think Wilson still wins this district. I'm not. I'm not coming off the fact that I still think yeah, Wilson wins this no district. They're going to have to get someone to help them out, and particularly that's that's like Fort Defiance or or Stewart Strath. You know, I think it's Fort a team Defiance, they just beat fourteen to nothing. Here. Yeah, and it's just like it's unlikely that they're going to lose multiple games to allow that happen. This week, Fort has Waynesboro and Fort, and then next week has Stanton and Fort. So they're going to have to have Waynesboro or Stanton probably knock them off, along with Fort knocking them off. And it's just unlikely. So I'm still, I'm still not coming off. I think Wilson's the best team in this district, but it's going to, you know, they got to play it out.
0: Okay, I mean, and they will. I, I just.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not really saying they're not going to win. I know I was not, wrong not, when not
0: I said they, were gonna, they weren't gonna they were going to lose a district game. I end up being wrong there, and that's fine. It's not the first time I've been wrong on this podcast. It won't be the last. <laughs> but they're going to win the district. They're going to win it with relative ease. And uh, Buffalo Gap is focused on making a run in Region 1B. Uh, yeah, and, and that's where they're
1: tied with Riverheads right now in the 2-3 spot there. They're, those two teams tied with the same rating there yeah so um, they're behind surrey county
0: they're going to be focused on that wilson is going to be focused on trying to win region 3c or at least get into the region championship which i will say like as good as they've been this year that lost to gap kind of does raise some eyebrows and make me question like all right is this team a team that can make a run in the region 3c tournament i don't know stewart draft. i mean wilson's a good baseball team but if you're going to be making a deep run like I kind of thought you were last you week, you can't be losing 14, nothing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, and I think that kind of brings me to this point. The teams in the Shenandoah district this year are just not all that consistent. Like they'll have good games where they look like a fantastic baseball team. And then they'll have games where you're just like, man, where, where, where did that come from? And it's either one of two things. It's either that everybody in the Shandwa district has the ability to knock everybody else off and that makes it a great district or these teams aren't consistent and they're going to get in the region tournament and they're going to run into buzz saws and get eliminated quickly.
1: And, uh, and obviously I'm hoping everybody's good and that's the problem. Yes, and, obviously and that's, that's what, what we're both in. hoping,
0: but I do have questions that I think you, I am a little worried. When you, get
1: these, when you get these scores that are lopsided, that makes you, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't help that argument. You like when, when, if it's, if it's all three, two ball games that, are going either way, you you can make that argument a lot easier. When you get these fourteen nothing ball games, it's a lot harder to make that argument that everybody's just so good and, and and that inconsistency. And and as much as baseball is not a sport made to be perfect, win every single game as we watch a Major League Baseball, in high school baseball with single elimination tournaments, it, it kind of is. So you, you're going to have to find a way to be consistent that way. And and Wilson and and Riverheads have had a lot of history of of having success in the post recent history of postseason success. So they know that and, they, and their coaches know that, but uh, you know, it, it's going to have to come out at the right time. And, and you kind of want to get these, these last two weeks, you know, on a high note. So where you're rising. So, you know, maybe Wilson can frame this as, Hey, that was the loss we needed that woke our guys up and and they know they're, they're beatable now. And that'll wake them up. It's very possible. That's what happens. But, you will definitely want to make it through these next two weeks where you don't have another surprise. And, and that's what Fort Defiance is going to try to do this week. I mean, they're that team sitting down and forth. They're going to try to surprise everybody this week. They got a bunch of games to play because they couldn't get the games in early. And now they got draft on Tuesday, Wilson on Thursday and gap on Friday. Well, that's the top team from each classification inside the Shenandoah district. So Fort's just this week, looking to pick people off and give themselves some motivation. Um, they didn't exactly fare well this past yeah, as week say, playing 3C teams. So I think now they're just going for, you know, how can we mess up other people's lives and then see where we're at once we do that. So they're looking to have a big week, knock everybody off. I think everybody else is just trying to finish strong. And, uh, you know, Fort Defiance shouldn't sh- have anybody shaking their boots. So I think that'll be interesting. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to make for a good week. Fort's the team to f- focus on this week, and uh, we'll see what they get
0: moving to softball. Fort Defiance softball did handle Region 3C. Yes, seat. they did. They beat Rockbridge and Broadway. They look good. They look as advertised. The they're still undefeated in the, district. the yeah. district. Yeah, they're still undefeated yeah. in the district. They look fine. And this looks like a team that is capable of making that run in the region. Stewart Straff. Yeah. They lose and to Wilson, but they come back and they beat Stanton, which is something they needed to do. And I I don't the questions I have for Stewart Straff baseball, I don't necessarily have for Stewart Straff softball. I do think sewer strap softball can make a run. I do think Riverhead softball can make a run. I think Fort can. Those three teams. I, yeah. I could see all three of yeah. those teams getting into the state tournament. Whereas in baseball, I'm like, maybe we get one out of class one. but And that's because they'll probably have to play each other in the semifinal.
1: Yeah, that's probably the problem. So, yeah, it, that's that's where we're. I don't know. I, uh, I, I had the 1B ratings. I didn't put them in here, did I? Uh, for softball, Riverheads has been making a lot of state tournaments. So I, I have optimism because they're pretty strong this year. I know they, yeah. they lost a couple games there. But uh, in softball, they're the number one, and uh, gap is three. And Riverheads has a pretty decent lead as number one in 1B. So I think it's likely they could finish in that one seed, which would be great and, and maybe could you know, hold off a gap a uh, matchup until the region final, which would be what we all want. That's what we want in all these sports is gap and riverheads, not see each other till the region final. That way they both can keep on going. Um, let's jump to soccer. Not much to talk about other than the surprising finish for Stanton. And as you know, we've said this a couple times this year, they tied Stewart's draft this week. So um, just, they're just not as strong as we got used to seeing them be. And they haven't been, they had that core guys that won in the state title. And then, you know, those guys have cycled out, you know, the underclassmen from that team have cycled through and out and, and we're dealing with a little bit different group of guys, not saying they're still not a great team that can do a lot of things, but I just think that state title expectation is probably, you know, maybe not hoping too much, but probably asking too much. So you're just going to try to put yourself in the best position you can and, and, and see how far you can go. But I, you know, with those teams with Stenzel and the older Tahani and, um, or uh, not uh, Otan, Otini, I guess I never say his name right. I should learn how to say his name after there's been like multiple of them. Um, but you've had those older kids kind of come through. Now these guys are having to learn how to win on their own. And so I think Wilson's going to have a tough time in 3C. Stanton is in that same 3C. So it, it's just going to be what it is in boys soccer. And on the girls' side, not a lot to report this week. Waynesboro still undefeated in the district. They did take a loss out of district last week. But we're just looking ahead for next Monday, probably while we're recording, we'll get the final in of what happened between Waynesboro and Fort. That was the surprising outcome a couple weeks ago where Waynesboro went into Fort and got the win. They'll have the rematch on Waynesboro's field next Monday. So uh, we won't talk about it again before it happens. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that was happening, something to pay attention to next Monday night.
0: Yeah, I, I want to go back to the boys' side momentarily. We okay. I was talking to our good friend uh, Rob Ron, and he also mentioned Staten had an injury uh, to one of during
1: the, that Wilson game.
0: Yeah, to one of their best players. So I, I think that's also you're seeing in high school soccer. Maybe not yeah. at, at the higher levels where everybody's kind of the same level and or at least closer level. Uh, one player can really make a difference in high school, and Hard. I think we're seeing that maybe a little bit here. But hats off to Sewer's draft for going no and getting I the draw. I do think Wilson I mean, caught up with them. Yeah, do Wilson, Wilson absolutely caught is caught up with them. But I'm yeah. saying that injury does hurt in terms of keeping sure. up with Wilson and then the other teams in the district. But hats off to Sewer's draft for doing what they had to do to get that draw. And then, like you said, on the girls' side, it's all about the Waynesboro Fort matchup. Yeah. That's that's yep. what we're looking forward to.
1: The only other high school thing I want to mention this coming week here on Wednesday, uh, the Shenandoah district meet at Waynesboro. So there should be a lot of state qualification stuff coming out of that. And that'll be, that'll be fun to hear about. And I think we're going to have a lot of representation at uh, the state track meet. uh, So I think the Shenandoah district will kind of give the indications of what we can expect there. Yep. All right. Let's talk uh, college level. We finally got the softball regular season done with. Virginia Tech does win the ACC regular season, finished forty and six overall, eighteen and two in the ACC. Um, and they're going to be the number one seed. Obviously, they're waiting on the eight nine winner of Louisville and Syracuse um, that play on Wednesday, Thursday. Virginia Tech will play the winner of that game, and uh, they play at eleven on uh, Thursday if they win, if they or if uh, they play eleven on Thursday. If they win, they play Friday at 1, and then the championship game would be 1 o'clock on Saturday. That would be the first opportunity for them to have a, like a UVA matchup, which is probably unlikely because UVA has Florida State in the first round, yeah. and they did not fare well against them when they played at UVA. So um, it'll be a fun ACC softball tournament. In all honesty, it's not a, a tournament. I have usually watched the CAA <laughs> conference tournament uh, in all recent years, um, and so there's none to see this year. Uh, with JMU being held out of that uh, by the uh, CAA, you know, stated before the season. So we will um, – I'll be focusing on the softball for Virginia Tech fully from here out and uh, really cheering them on because that expectation of a deep run is there and, and it's been earned.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that running into the postseason when the pressure really starts to kind of mount and, and catch up. Um Baseball, Virginia Tech's looking good as well. They swept Villanova.
1: and they got a big one coming.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, Liberty Wednesday is a big game, and then Louisville on the weekend is also big.
1: Um, Yeah, number seven, Louisville this weekend in Blacksburg, and actually in ACC standings, Louisville sitting one game ahead of Virginia Tech. Um, So if Virginia Tech can get two of three in that, um, not only will it keep their ranking high, but also uh, kind of help those stand-ins and matchups for the ACC tournament that's coming up in two weeks. Then they have Duke the last week. So, uh, yeah, the guys play two more weeks of regular season before their postseason starts. Yeah. Um, but it, I like it though. It can't, lets us focus on the on the girls here for a couple weeks and, and not you know have our attention split.
0: Yeah, VCU baseball was was able to play three games this weekend. They had a doubleheader Saturday, and then played you a call finale that on one? Sunday, ten a.m.
1: 10 a.m. Yeah, like a bowl, bowl of Fruit Loops in front of you there.
0: uh It was early. Um, yeah, I had Waffles. made the joke on Twitter hey, asking if we'd have eggs and bacon in the press box. And the SID informed <laughs> me when I got there. He did indeed not have eggs and bacon for <laughs> did me. Did you see the any box. eggs and eggs in
1: the parking lot before the game? No. Oh, my gosh. So there was
0: track going on, too. It was, it was a day. Uh, there was track, A-10 track going on, too. The squirrels were playing later. So it just made traffic a nightmare. Uh, around the diamond uh, Saturday, Sunday, it was a little better. Um, the squirrels played before VCU. And so like all that was done and track had pretty much wrapped up for the most part by the time the game was getting ready to go on. But then they, uh, VCU ended up sweeping the doubleheader Saturday, then swept the series on Sunday by beating George Washington. It would appear it is still very likely or it's still uh Possible, excuse me, that VCU would lose the two seed to St. Louis, who is behind them. But it kind of feels like just the way the the schedule is setting up that VCU has a good shot at that number two seed in the A10 tournament. Still, mathematically, they could win the A10 regular season title, but it would take Davidson.
1: Yeah, Davidson. I was wondering who's the ultimate first, yeah.
0: belly flop. Uh, they have looked good wire to wire. They beat UMass twenty eight to nothing in Whew. what was not a football score. Uh, But that was ugly. Um, But that's just a really good team this year. So we'll see. Uh, I think it's really about, for VCU, just trying to make some noise in that A-10 tournament and see if they can pull off upsets in the A-10 tournament.
1: You been watching any of the NBA? Uh, I watched a little
0: bit of NBA. (sighs) Well, I don't even remember the day. And, in fact, I don't think it was live. I think it was like a recording. I woke up in the middle of the night, and (laughs) they were playing a rerun of it. And then I saw, like, five minutes before I fell back asleep. Um, So, no. But I have been box score watching and watching investments come back. Uh, Miami looked like they were about to sweep Philly, and all of a sudden they found themselves in a series. Milwaukee and Boston are in a series now. And Phoenix-Dallas is a series. I still think Golden State. I mean, we'll see what happens. I guess they're playing tonight against... Memphis as we record yeah, late
1: game and yep. Memphis
0: could very possibly even that series at two, but I kind of feel like we're going to see golden state take the three, one lead. And I kind of feel like we're going to see golden state walk away with that series.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jaw and hurt uh, is definitely mm-hmm. a factor there. I don't like uh, what happened at mid court. There was, it wasn't great, but I don't like the coach talking about like the guy's hand kind of inadvertently hits jaw's knee and um, I don't know. It just seems like a lot being made out of nothing. And I think Steph kind of said that. He's like, hey, Morant being hurt is meaningful. Like, I mean, that, there's nothing to joke around about there. But, like, any of this other talk is meaningless. And I, I completely agree with Steph on that. Like, it, I mean, nothing bad. Like, nothing on purpose happened there. So, and the other stuff has happened in, in these playoffs where people have made bad moves and, and, got kicked out because of it, and it deservedly so. But this, this wasn't one of them. So I, I think too much is being made of that. Um, but, yeah, I, after the first round where all the higher seats won and I kind of said, hey, yeah, everybody, anybody can win, but, you know, not, <laughs> not the lower seats, I do appreciate a lot of these series being 2-2 right now. I, I like the competitiveness. I think we'll see maybe multiple seven-game series out of this round, and that'll be fun. Um, the Philly one surprises me. Uh, just because I just don't have that kind of faith in Philly. Uh, but I don't think the rest of them uh, surprised me as much. And probably because I was probably given Memphis, if, if they're able to get to 2-2 tonight, I let, I'll just say it on the worst case scenario for what you're saying. Um, I was given Memphis some credit and I think they're fun to watch and I was hoping the best for them. I, I, I wish they just wouldn't have seen Golden State in this round. That was kind of my hope. Um, but uh, if they're able to get a 2-2, even the better. But if not, it makes sense because Golden State just has that firepower. And And there's so much of that core has been there for so long and and won multiple championships, so it would make sense what what do you take of uh, all this Chris Paul's family in the stand stuff?
0: Well, I sent you what Charles Barkley said uh, on inside the nBA um, and I laughed uh, at at his
1: take on it um, but
0: yeah he, he wants
1: to put you take the player out in midcourt and bring the fan that was yeah causing the problems and let he them said, go. "Give him five yeah. minutes,"
0: and then yeah. Ernie Johnson was no saying it would Nothing. take you five yeah. minutes. And Chuck goes, "Well, I'm not going to be quick about it." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you don't have to do
1: that once, and, and this would get cleaned up. <laughs> yeah,
0: I honestly, it is a thing. Like, there's a fine line between being a fan and, you know, I call it friendly heckling, like not being nasty or abusive or saying inappropriate things, but. Still, you know, try to get in the other guy's head, you know, or something. But there is a line that is crossed when you start messing with the players' families, or you know, going across that line, no as I said, of being offensive or abusive or just inappropriate when you're Touching saying something to a player. And is, yeah, is and, and
1: not right. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I mean, I think I saw on Twitter today, and it might have been Chris Paul that had tweeted it. You know, we get fined for saying something to a fan on our way into the tunnel and the NBA is going to let them touch our families. And, yeah, the NBA needs to needs to step in and say, all right, that, those people are not coming back. And you and I think we touched on this a few weeks ago with the protesters. What's going to end up happening is there's all the people are going to get backed up at the yeah. end of the day. The NBA is going to look at it, and they're going to be like, okay, yes, we can make more money if we sell these floor seats. But our players are now in danger, and that's actually how we make money. And so I, we're going to I, back these people up. And then that's going to get into all sports. Yeah. It's going to back them up. Football's maybe the only one that right now could stay as is. But, I mean, I think baseball with the Nets kind of prevents a lot of this stupid stuff but as we said we saw the outfield fans so maybe they back the outfield seats up but i do think it's just getting to a point because people are people are acting crazy like it's they've lost their minds ever it's since like, they
1: couldn't come to some games for the year 2020 yeah it's now, and now that they're back
0: mind, it's okay. like we can do whatever we want there are no rules yeah. for us and it's just like man like when ron artest ran up there and beat some people like People in Detroit learned, yeah, game. people in Detroit learned, like, oh, we probably shouldn't throw stuff on the floor, like, <laughs> or at the players. Like, it. some people learned lessons. I'm not saying that's the right way to handle it, but I am saying, like, sometimes you're just like, yeah, some people just need to get a good old-fashioned whooping to, to be reminded of, hey,
1: control yourself. Like, just... Just take that 30 for 30, shrink it down to a one minute video and right before tip off, show that video like this could happen to you.
0: Yeah. Don't be an <laughs> idiot. Like if you want to holler when the guy's at the free throw line and, you know. Like I said, just don't be offensive, don't be over the line, but. And honestly, there's a guy that comes, pops in my head that's, you know, the VCU baseball fan. He's, like, a super fan that has been at every game. He waves a flag behind home plate all the time. If you've ever watched one of the baseball games, you know who I'm talking about already. But, like, he'll yell at the batters because they have a promotion that if VCU strikes out 13 hitters, everyone gets a papadilla. He'll heckle every single batter that comes up. But he does it in a way that it isn't inappropriate, and it's not over the line. I mean, he'll sit there and be like, one of the things he loves to tell them is, you know, hey, dude, if you strike out, you know, we can both get Papadia's. (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, what's your favorite Papadilla? One, two, three, Papadilla. Three-pitch Papadilla. <laughs> like, stuff like that. It's funny. It's I'm sure the players find it annoying, but it's not over the line, and it's not something that's going to get him kicked out of the game. Uh, people, there there just has been a line that fa- some fans think is gone, that they can do whatever they want. And
1: and and this one looks a little different. You know? like, it does. You're used to seeing... You know, twenty to thirty-five year old dude with a beer in his hand, and he's the one that's been doing it. Like, that's Hollering what you see in this time. Yeah, this time it's like a, a young a young man with his mom. It appears, and um, it just doesn't look the same. But I, I I think today people are starting to like. It was saw I think a quote from the team about inappropriate hugging or unwanted hugging or something. I don't care. I don't care what word you want to put with it. If, he, if they were touching Chris Paul's family, it's it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's sarcastic uh, hugging or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. If you're touching them, that's wrong. That is wrong. I think speaking to them inappropriately is wrong. So if you're touching them, no matter how you're doing it, you're wrong. You're wrong. So get them out. Kick them out forever. I'm fine with all this. But it, this one does look a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. But that doesn't mean the, the reaction should be any different.
0: No. You got to get rid of them. And uh, like I said, I just think, I think this is going to a place, especially in the NBA. It's just going to a place where they're going to back everybody up. You're going to have barriers between you and the floor and and fans are going to hate it and they're going to complain about it, but
1: sorry. Another take I heard was something about like Chris Paul, you know, worried about his, you know, not playing as well or something and his family and says, I was like, no, like, the chris paul's reaction here has nothing to do with anything because the security guards were involved in this before chris paul ever had an indication so they were seeing something that was wrong not chris paul so like i i don't know i think the blame is on the fan that's the only place this blame is on and i don't care i haven't heard nothing about what chris paul's family was doing or, or anything like that but even if it's you know Patrick Mahomes's girlfriend as we, we we've seen the videos of what she does in the luxury suite if she's down in the middle of the fans and an opposing fans and acting the way she does up there you still can't do anything to her so like that that's why I say like you, you can't you just can't you can't because you're the, there's a target on their back I guess because they're the players family or friends then that just draws the line that you can't you can't have the interaction with them that you think you are owed apparently by getting your ticket. So it's it's just you people are going to ruin it for everybody else. That's that's yeah, what it just Yeah, um, but down
0: I, but like I said, it's just going to end up they're going to get backed up. They're not going to be allowed to be there and it'll be like that that floor section will be friends and family of players. Like and that's it. All right, we're going to bring on our March Madness bracket winner. It's a couple weeks yes. of winners. We had Steve last week our NFL pick 'em winner. This week it's Ryan Reed who won the March Madness Bracket, and here is the interview. We have Ryan Reed with us. Ryan Reed won oh. the March Madness Bracket Challenge. Earned his way on. Yeah, he did. He got his way on here, unlike Leland and I. Um, <laughs> we just create it So uh, because There's no one else will have in. us. No one else will talk to us. So we talk to each other. Ryan, you, you had Kansas winning it all. I want to ask you what went into your bracket and what made you pick the way you did? Uh, be honest. I
2: just went through and pretty much picked who I thought was going to win, who I thought was good at basketball, and it turned out to be correct. How much prep did you one, put in? I this? will say I I picked solely on personal reasons was i had unc losing in the first round just because i don't
0: like them and you Other still than that won. wow
2: yeah and they made it that good. far good that
0: <laughs> how much prep Other went that, into it
2: I just went through i didn't do a lot of research or anything on it i just went through and
1: i ryan uh, i did more than i've ever done in my life and i was gonna <laughs> near near the bottom if not the bottom the bottom of people that like pick legitimately right and i did more i mean i had an excel spreadsheet set up i went to like statistical websites and pulled out different statistics that i like had kind of read or good indicators and kind of made like a formula that kind of formed them all together and it was terrible
2: (laughs) usually works out that way no i i didn't just randomly pick but i was like okay i think these are gonna do it and Ended up at the top.
0: Blue Bloods. Yeah, it was a good year for the Blue Bloods. Um, Yeah. All right. So what people don't know about you is you're a huge baseball fan, and you're actually a pretty big fan of basketball as well in the NBA. Uh, You definitely watch more than I do, which isn't saying a whole lot, but it is something. So you're a Celtics fan. So let's start with the NBA. All right. Your Celtics are playing the Bucs. How do you feel about how the Celtics are doing? Do the Celtics have enough to get to the finals this year? Can they win how it? Do we,
1: why did we schedule this in the middle of a Celtics game? Man, I was going to say, it, we're got pretty it about
0: this. I got it on mute, but it's on the TV over there. You start uh, yelling, we
1: know what's up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I mean, I can't really complain too much uh, about how they're doing. I honestly didn't think we had a chance this year. Um, so... Just to even have a chance to get by the Bucks uh, is—I'm pretty happy with. Um, so um, I'm hoping we can hold Giannis down and get past him. I don't know if we have enough firepower to get to or win the finals, but getting past the Bucks would be a huge. Huge thing. So. What
1: was what was your reaction last summer when uh, Brad Stevens, you know, adjusted his role and all that? What what was your reaction at that time? Because you know, we obviously mentioned it on the podcast. We didn't talk to anybody that cared. What, what was your reaction back then?
2: I I thought it was interesting. Um, I didn't have a huge problem with it. Um, okay. I mean, he, you know, it, it to me, it's one of those things that. Like, I'm a Braves fan when it comes to baseball, and they make some interesting decisions personnel-wise, front office and players sometimes.
1: Is is interesting the right word? Are you using the right (laughs) (laughs) word? Joe never uses the word interesting, so that's why I'm trying to relate it.
2: So, at you know, at times it may seem like make you scratch your head and be like, I'm not sure about this. And it usually works out. Um so with Danny Ainge and the Celtics and Brad Stevens, usually the moves they make tend to work out in the long run. So I wasn't too concerned about it, especially with still having him in uh in the organization
0: to help make some basketball decisions. But I guess we'll we'll see. So you mentioned the Braves. You won the World Series last year. I know you were excited about it. We were – our friend group was happy for you that you won the World Series, yeah. even though we joked with you. Um, yeah. But even, even his podcast associate is
1: also happy. Yeah,
0: Leland was happy. He was rooting for yeah. the Braves. But I do want to ask, Freddie Freeman leaves. There was some drama between him and Acuna. Now you guys are, we'll say, sputtering to start the season.
2: That's nice. You're one of two teams. You're
0: one of two teams the Cincinnati Reds know how to beat. How are you hitting the panic button already? Or are you still like, look, we won the World Series. Even if we don't make the playoffs, who cares?
2: Um, I mean, I'll care.
0: But um, (laughs) with how we
2: got to the World Series and won last year, I'm not going to hit the panic button quite yet. Um, Yeah, I guess... Uh, with Freeman going, that would be one of those interesting moves uh, that teams make. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you let Freeman go because you don't want to pay him that much money. So then you let him walk and you trade to your top four prospects to get somebody to sign them for just $20 million less. So I get it. Olsen's like five or six years younger, I think. So that gives you a little bit more time, you know, but um, I don't know. As far as him and Acuna, Freddie and Acuna, I don't know. That was, I don't know. I mean, you never really know what happens behind closed doors. hundred percent. Right. Um, I thought it was, I found it odd that he was the only one that spoke out. Um, and you didn't hear anything from Ozzy or any of those guys, but Kunya is more outspoken than those guys too. So,
1: you know, I, I don't know. And I took away from all that drama that got kind of kept rolling out of that. I just, it, I think there's a, probably a lot more of that behind the scenes that we just don't hear about. I think a lot of people do, you know, the somewhat of a code of, of keeping what's behind locker room doors behind locker room doors. So I think there's more of that. And I mean, you have, 20 some guys and you know, 30 guys in there that there's going to be people that don't just get along. And sometimes it can be two of your stars. And I, I think it happens more than we expect it does. And all we see them is high fiving and celebrating on the field. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, in high school and college, I'm sure you're around a bunch of guys. And did you get along with all 30 other guys that were around you at, at any given time? And probably not It was just like Joe, just like me. So yeah, I just, that's kind of what I took away from that. I didn't think it was anything, that big of a deal. I just think it got blown Well, but It up. might be
0: and a thing of... of course,
1: people talk about it after you're done when no one, when everybody's there, no one talks about it. But then you, like, you know, stories start coming out after everybody's separated. And I just, it's not that big a deal,
0: but I think that might've played a role in why they did what they did and let Freddie walk because Acuna is this superstar in the making that is going to be their franchise player. And they're like, all right, if this guy's disrespecting our franchise player and our franchise player doesn't feel appreciated, we want him around. We want him to feel loved. We want him to stay. See you, Freddie. We can go get another first baseman. Yeah.
2: No, I, I totally agree. And, and like you said, you end up with another, I mean, essentially another Freddie Freeman. I mean, uh, just younger. And I mean, he's done well. Olson's done well this year. So
1: yeah, the better he can do the, the better. Cause I mean, as, as, as solid as he is, if, if, if he's having any kind of slumps or something, you know, the, the face of the organization aspect from Freeman, you know, that's what the fans are going to be barking about and, and whatnot like that. I mean, he's, he's got to he's kind of going to go a little bit higher or at least like have a really darn good year or something to get people mm-hmm. to just forget about it. Otherwise you're like, Hey, where's the, you know, where's the guy that's on the back of my Jersey here? That's who I want, but yeah. he's gotta be good enough yeah. to go buy his Jersey. That's, that's what he's got to do. He's got to make people want to buy his Jersey instead. So,
2: yeah. And I, in, uh, yeah, I could be wrong, but I thought that Olsen was one of the guys that we got that's actually from Georgia. So, yeah, I think, think he was a, hometown. a connection. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a hometown guy that they end up getting again. We're have a lot of, so yeah. that'll help.
1: In three years, I mean, he could he could could really be the next Freeman.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm confused about something. I hear Boston Celtics, I hear Atlanta Braves, and you guys yes. in Maryland. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So explain some fandoms to me here, because I'm I'm (laughs) not—at least one of them is not Yankee, so I'm not really going to call you out. But I'm—I just want to understand the geography of fandoms.
2: Well, it's interesting with uh, a lot of my friends. There's not—I don't know if I have any that are just like straight hometown, home state, like people. Uh, Yeah. Okay.
1: What's
2: up? Except for.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but I oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I he was making a <laughs> I thought he put yeah. up the. Uh, I thought he stopped. <laughs> no, I was face. gonna say Ravens, yeah. Orioles, Caps, Wizards. Yeah. Except uh, for you. Yeah, See how well that's working out for Joe. Yeah, yours so great. You're it's great diversifying. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so, um, baseball. I am Braves fan. So you all aren't gonna like this, but when I was younger. Um I was a bit of a Yankees fan because yeah, no, I they so. were yeah. Um I, they were winning, they had, you know That's the worst reason. Yeah. <laughs> they were winning they had a lot of guys that I liked. They had Rivera, they had Pettit, they had Tino, they had Bernie Williams, they had all those guys, Brochus. I like seeing those guys. And and they were the first
1: person so, that I've ever heard said like I like Scott Brocious. Like, <laughs>
0: You notice who he didn't say, by the way. I was waiting for him to say it so I could call him the most overrated shortstop in the history of baseball. Yeah, exactly. That's
2: why we left him off the list. So so I grew a bit of a Yankees fan, um, but I have an aunt and uncle that actually lived just outside of Atlanta, and he used to work for Delta. And they would give him uh, tickets to their skybox at Turner Field. And so he would just call me and be like, hey, I got tickets for this weekend's game. I'll fly you down Friday (laughs) night. We'll see the game Saturday. I'll fly you home Sunday. (laughs) So I got to go to games down there and watch, you know, Chipper and Andrew and Raphael for call and all those guys like watching. And they were always on TBS uh, all the time. So I could watch them all the time. So I transitioned around high school into more of a, Braves fan Um, the Boston Celtics um, my father grew up a huge Boston Celtics Larry Bird fan and so that's where that comes from I've watched every E60 every clip every show everything you can about Larry Bird and I just love the Celtics and all that so I just started following the Celtics once I got into basketball um
1: so fo- football what about football who do you like like
2: nfl well, or nfl i don't i don't really have an nfl team i love watching the games but i don't really have like a team that i okay. like root for i just like watching the games
1: that's how i am at nba um, i don't i don't really have an yeah. nba
2: team yeah um so that's nfl college football uh virginia tech fan well
1: that's um, the correct
2: answer Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um and then i don't know what other stuff you all want to get into i mean women's
0: basketball and college baseball vcu obviously um
1: (laughs) i do i have found myself i'm a fan of whatever joe's calling like if i'm not saying right Uh, yeah i all of a sudden know all this
2: vcu stuff right really wanted to know yeah and vcu on a lot um Personally, like when come it comes to-, to
1: play basketball at VCU and I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, Joe's already <laughs> like, you
2: know, like I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, personally, when it comes to college baseball, I'm a Clemson fan. Uh, I had a ridiculous. close friend of the family that played there okay. years ago. Um, so I like Clemson um, college basketball. I am a Duke fan. Uh, for men's basketball, UConn fan for women's basketball. Bandwagon hopper. I'm not a bandwagon. I I just like winning. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I just
0: like
1: winning.
2: (laughs) I like Gino. I like uh, organization.
1: Hey, there's another first. I've never heard what someone just say. I like Gino. (laughs) Scott Roches and Gino.
0: That's, uh, (laughs) That's it. I think that's all the major sports. So, Ryan, I want to ask you, you know, you've talked about the Yankees players you liked. Who are some of your favorite baseball players that, of all time, like, maybe you got to see them, maybe you didn't, of all time? Um,
2: Of all time. Uh, One of my... A couple that come to mind right away. Um, Brooks Robinson, mm-hmm. like one of my – I played third base growing up a lot. That's who I just idolized as as a kid growing up. I loved how good he was defensively. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and another one uh, would be uh, Nolan Ryan. He's um, also – Tried to pitch a little bit, and I just – I think he's one of the best pitchers to ever do it. Um, and I just – I just loved loved him.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, Nolan Ryan, that's a that's a great one. That's one I always rock back to. I appreciated the Scott uh, – the third base mention, because that explains the Scott Baroche's comment now. Yeah. Now it's <laughs> oh, like I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like a big King Griffey Jr. fan growing up just because everybody was, I mean, but not, I mean, I really, you know, not just because everybody was, but I know everybody was, but then they, he wasn't on my favorite team. So like, even still, like my brother-in-law, they're going on a cruise to Alaska out of Seattle, like in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, they have like a layover in Seattle, like a night. And I'm like, so you're going to the statue for me. Like you, you gotta, you gotta represent <laughs> for me. Like we gotta do this. So. I have that coming for me, so that's that's. There you
0: cool. go. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I knew you liked Ken Griffey Jr., Leland, but I didn't know it was that big.
1: Oh no! Uh, like multiple posters into the room. That's the only baseball jersey I've ever. I mean, Griffey was. Griffey is oh. like my number one athlete of all time.
0: When Brad and I go out there, we'll have to. We'll let you know. We'll we'll bring you with us.
1: I can hide in the suitcase. That'll be good. No, Griffey. Griffey is like. As much as I talk Jordan and all that, and and I mean Jordan is the greatest of all time. I'm not playing, yes, but like my biggest fandom of my life has been King Kong Junior. Easily,
0: Ryan, you were no, you were noticeably silent on that.
2: I was letting him talk.
0: Is Jordan the greatest of all time?
2: That's what some people say.
0: Who yeah, you see, Larry? I knew he was going to do this. Who? <laughs> because Joe knows me. And that's yep, why. That is why. <laughs> Half of this as interview is wait, just I, me Tom, setting you up. Yeah, exactly.
1: You can't say a current player. I mean, you're not going to say a current player.
0: No, he's not. Okay. No.
1: Then, I'll, then I'll listen to an argument. Hmm. Okay. So um,
2: well, I don't know what your argument is as far as Jordan being the best. Um, a lot of people go with rings. And if it's rings. Part of it. Well, You're going to go it, Russell. It, ex- He. It,
1: I'll it, listen it, to that.
2: It, I I always lean to either Russell, because people throw out rings. Well,
0: he's got 11, so
2: that's kind of... But do half lot. of those, I um, mean,
0: do they count if only like eight teams were in the league?
2: I mean, also a fair point. Um, the other, other way that I tend to lean that I'm not sure many people do, which is fine, is Wilt Chamberlain.
1: I bring him up a lot. Yeah, I think he changed, I mean, he changed the game so much.
2: He that he actually, I remember seeing a quote saying that uh, he told Jordan one time that they changed the rules for Jordan so that he could dominate, and they changed the rules for Wilt so he couldn't. That's what he told Jordan one time. Um,
1: what all did they change for Jordan? I don't know. It's also worth <laughs> your yeah, I, I was gonna they, say they,
0: it's they, also just trash talk yeah they changed
1: yeah. rules against will like i, I know that like the, the free yeah. throws he would just go finger roll it and, and yeah everything. and right. uh i mean used to not be able to dunk and stuff like right
2: and then and and you know a lot of people they said it's all he could do was score that's all he could do was just rebound he couldn't do anything else and it was just because he was bigger than everybody else. So I can't remember who the reporter was, but some reporter said that to him. And then so then the very next year, he went out and led the league in assists. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he was a lot stronger and athletic than a lot of people remember or give him credit for. Um, he did a lot of other things stuff and a lot of other sports in college and was, I mean, the weights that he used to throw around and how fast he was. I mean, it was yeah. pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I used to like, I think before LeBron, I would try to like have conversations where I brought up Wilt, like, cause I had watched programs about how much the rules changed while Wilt was playing or, and, and stuff to keep him from just absolutely dominating. Um, but somewhere along the line, I guess, I had enough conversations with people that had, like, actually maybe seen maybe towards the end of Wilt. Not a lot of people that I know, <laughs> you know, even, like, in-laws or something like that watched the beginning of Wilt. But, like, know what Wilt was and was at least around mm-hmm. while he was playing some. And a lot of the meaningful ones there, Lane Jordan. So, I think that helped get me there. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, if, you're, if, if we're going to have a conversation about the guys all the time, and as long as the argument is not somebody that's currently playing, I'll, I'll listen. I'll, I'll have yeah. that conversation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was impressive, too, because I know there were reports that there were NBA teams that were trying to get Wilt to come back and sign him to a contract into his 40s and 50s. They thought he could still compete.
1: Just throw the ball up there. and
0: So baseball now, I know we've talked about some of your favorite baseball players and. I'm really hoping I, I know the last time we had this conversation, you did kind of lean toward a player that I was like, you're ridiculous. There's no way greatest baseball player of all time, Miguel Cabrera. I want to, I want to say right now, if I had to pick, that's my answer, but who's yours.
2: And yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff that not a lot of people have done. And, um, so that's definitely up there. Um,
1: I mean, he played for my Marlins. And I still don't say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: I know what you want me to say. Um, but, I'm really, honestly, I'm hoping uh, you won't say it because I just, I. I, I, I don't know. I would have to. Hmm really i'm surprised
2: what i kind of thought you would have this ready no i because so many guys keep going through my mind i'm like i
0: don't know what are some of them throw some of them out there
2: (sighs) uh i don't know man um
1: just say the one you don't want him to, well, Yeah. Right. Babe,
2: well, we right. always have the argument. We always have the argument within our friend group that Babe Ruth is not yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah, because um, he's not. Right. Um, and most of the so it's always the joke that I was born in the wrong generation because <laughs> most of the guys that I think can play are all the old guys and nobody thinks that they can play. Um, or could play today, um, which I don't agree with. Um, but, no, I mean, Miguel Cabrera with what he's done. I mean, uh, Hank Aaron. I mean, Stan Musial, the numbers they put up. Um, Willie Mays. Yeah, so um, that's, that's what I guess. Yeah, I mean, but I think
0: starting in the Willie Mays era is where I start to listen at who yeah. the best player could come from. Anything before that, I start to I get real skeptical.
1: My my answer on my fingertips always is I think King Griffey Jr. played at the highest level ever at, at for a time. He just didn't do it long enough for him to be the right answer. And so I go, so I go with Willie Mays. That's like my canned answer ready to go. Yeah, and
2: I, I get that. I mean he was Doing stuff, especially during that that era, that you know, mm-hmm. and, and and I I kind of expanding on that. I think if he can stay healthy, I think well, that's almost like the same thing. Like if if Mantle had stayed healthy, we're not even having a discussion. He's the best there ever was. Yeah, okay. um,
1: alcoholism will get yeah. you.
2: Yeah, alcoholism, stepping and on the sprinkler, head, yeah, yeah busting your knee when you're typical a Yankees. Never um, had
0: a good stadium in their life. Now they got a little league no, baseball park.
2: Um, But yeah, I think if he stays healthy, I think in a handful of years, I mean, we're talking about Trout and that yes. I agree. With he's you got to there. win
1: so, it. He's got to find some competitive. He's got to find some October baseball. No, no. no this no, is no. where Ryan and I agree. No. This is that's where Ryan and I agree, game. and we're gonna shout you down.
0: That has nothing to do with how great of a player he is. He can't help it that his GM can't assemble a team. He's going to need it.
2: No. It, it no. has when – it, when it comes to baseball, you don't really – don't, you don't need championships to say how good of a player you were. It is such a team game, and there are so many players that – Come into effect during a season, during a game, during playoffs. That I, I mean, it's not like football when you talk championships and you. He's not going to get
1: 3,000 hits. He's not going to get 3,000 hits. Mm. He's only got 1,400
0: hits. How old is he, uh, right?
1: He is. <laughs> you think it would say that right here? Yeah, I would. <laughs> More bio
0: oh, 30.
2: Yeah, he's
0: 30. So he's halfway through his career. If he plays 38, maybe. Know. Maybe. He's also, like, not slowing down. Like, yeah, but... he's a machine. As Ryan said, if he stays healthy, that's going to be the only thing yeah. that can keep him from 3,000. I think he's actually, when, after Miguel Cabrera did it, they popped up the list of other people on the list. Mike Trot's the only name on that list, and I was like, maybe. Yeah,
1: The other yeah. ones, mm-hmm. I was
0: like, no shot.
1: Yeah, And we might never well, see I mean, it again just up, like, just because Juan of the way Soto and something That's so mm-hmm. far away like, how yeah, would we... so, yeah, But also, he... yeah. no way Juan Soto yeah.
0: makes it uh, He doesn't have the Consistent average Year in, year out for that I don't think And, and I think that's Honestly, Ryan I do want to ask you this Before we move on Off of sports The way baseball has changed In terms of how the game is played wh- How do you feel about it? I know I hate it I hate the boomer bust Way that yeah, baseball's going Yeah, no it, it
2: i'm not a fan with a lot of the stuff that's going on and the new rules and the new way wow. that that baseball is going with uh, i mean i think a couple of weeks ago the league batting average was like 230 i mean uh strikeouts are just continuing to skyrocket um and it seems like that's all anybody's going for is... The shift
1: ain't hurting the strike... Or they ain't making their strikeouts, yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's just the the boomer boss. Like, everybody blames the shift for, like, all these problems in the world. And it's like... that oh, that's it, it's... It,
2: that, I, I hate when people bring up the shift and how it's terrible for the game. No, it's not. Don't be an idiot. If three people are standing on this side of the field, hit it to the other one. Yeah, It's not hard. Like, if you're... That hard-headed that you're going to consistently just hit the ball into the shift, then that's your problem. And I understand hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports, and always trying to direct it somewhere is even harder. I get that. But if you go up there enough times with nobody on base and just push the ball the other way for a double, they're gonna to have to start putting people on that side of the field. Like I, I don't, it pisses me off when they just hit a ground ball over and hit a ground ball to short center field. Like, yeah, and it just gets annoying. They start complaining about it. Well, then stop hitting the ball to one side of the field ninety percent of the time
0: off the plate. Okay, we've switched modes of interview here. Um, we apologize for the technical difficulties, but we're gonna move on. It's probably so my fault. No, I mean, come on. Um, you were talking about the shift and how much uh, you just want people to hit it the other way. I guess my counterpoint: I I tend to agree with you, but the, to play devil's advocate, with pitchers throwing over a hundred miles an hour or high nineties like regularly, it is harder to do that than it was, say, when Babe Ruth or you know other plumbers and fat alcoholics played. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So he'll concede Walter? that. Okay. Sure, yeah, Walter Johnson definitely didn't throw like Okay, but Walter Johnson was like the best pitcher in that era. Like your regular average pitchers not doing that. Like the Os have a reliever who is just amazing. And he goes out there and strikes fools out all the time. And I'm just like, "Okay, I don't know where this guy came from, but glad we have him." The kid from Tennessee At uh, college in Tennessee, threw 105. Like, Walter Johnson never threw 105. Babe Ruth never saw 105 mile an hour pitch. How do you want somebody to hit that the other way? I mean, well, they're going to, but it's not going to be their will. Right. No, I I get it. I understand. It's hard to do.
2: I'm just saying it's – and and I get it. Like, if you have, you know – Guys stacked on that side for the shift, well, if you're a smart pitcher, you're probably not gonna throw the ball mm-hmm. the other on the outside so they can hit it the other way like they're gonna try to get you to hit it into the shift that way I get it I get that it's hard to do, but i mean it it is what it is you can't complain that that they're doing they're doing that they're not taking away your ability to do anything. They're just saying, we're not going to, we don't think you can hit the ball over there. So we're putting guys over here.
0: I saw, sure. I saw, I saw one that I thought was maybe a compromise on Twitter today of someone saying they don't want to get rid of the shift, but maybe have a rule where infielders have to be touching the dirt and outfielders have to be oh. in the grass, like that way. Maybe on a ground ball, yeah, you're you're covered. But if you know the Chris Davises of the world, when they do make contact and it goes into shallow right field, there's the second baseman's not standing there.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, if that's a middle of the do, I mean, man, yeah. I I don't, I don't have a problem with it. You know, one way or the other.
1: I mean,
2: have the shift, don't have the shift, limit okay. when you can do it, how you can do it. I don't care. I just get annoyed when they complain about it. That's like my thing. I'm with you. That needs to go away because they can't, now they can't do something. Well, no, can, they're just making it harder and you're not doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, that's my thing, is the, the using of it in an argument. Like, I, if they change the rules around the shift, I don't care. I'm not going to lose sleep. I just I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm just like let's let's just either accept what we got or change it and then accept what we got. Like I I'm just tired of talking about it. Like that's that's my view. I'm just not a big proponent either way. Yeah. Well, Ryan,
0: what are you binge watching? What can you tell our audience that they should be watching?
2: Um, honestly, nothing current. Um, I don't really have the time to get into anything right now. Um so I've just been like re-watching stuff. Um so I have been binge watching uh game show baggage. Yeah good show Uh, a great show. Uh quality TV Uh,
0: Yes.
1: Quality TV. TV. Oh who's the host of this quality TV program?
0: Uh Jerry Springer. (laughs) Yeah. It is great just tragedy television it's hilarious so do you want to explain the premise for leland who hasn't seen it or probably most of our audience
2: (laughs) so uh it is a dating game show to try to have two people find true love um and (laughs) uh, yeah exactly so it starts out with you know a guy or a girl uh, as like as the main contestant. and then there's three um, potential suitors and they all have a small, a medium and a large baggage with uh, just facts about them that people would consider red flags or baggage. And the main person on the show has to decide which baggage they cannot handle. Um, so the first round, you know, who's everybody whose baggage it is. Cause they open it up. The second round, you don't know who it is. They're all mixed up and you have to decide which one you can't handle. And then whoever claims that bag has to go away. And then you get to pick between the final two as to which baggage you can or can't handle. And then the ending is the main person has their own large baggage and then the person that was picked has to decide if they can handle
1: that baggage or not
2: and then if they both say yes then they get to go on a date somewhere paid by the show
1: does anybody storm the stage like they used to do on springer or is this uh, no
2: no no, it is it's much um yeah nobody's stormed the stage the only i can remember that got close to that joe was there was one just absolutely crazy <laughs> lady on there and she got kicked off in like the first round mm-hmm. and she like came back and was like hiding behind the couch when they were doing interviews <laughs> like, popping up and stuff it was really weird um but then she went away it's about it's about it
0: <laughs> yeah she was great um it, and honestly like ryan and i have gotten pretty good at the second round where you don't know whose bag is who we because if you're paying attention to the show there's like they'll say what they what their job is or what they do where they're from and they'll talk about themselves a little bit too at the like hey i'm steve or well, i don't want to say steve because i know someone named steve and i like a steve um Hey, I'm Jim and you know, I am an entrepreneur. And then, you know, the medium background will be I operate as a phone sex operator out of my basement. And you're like, that's Jim because that's what he's calling an entrepreneur. So, and then sure enough, second round comes up, Jim walks out there, claims that bag, he's got to go home. Like it's there are a lot of clues given You can figure it out pretty easily. In some rounds, Ryan and I, when we watch it, because we watched it when this would come out originally on the Game Show Network, and now we've found Pluto TV, which is free TV, um, has it on there that you can watch. So we've been re-watching some. And it's the perfect time for it, because it's been, what, seven or eight years, probably? I
2: think it's been longer than that. I think it's been close to 10 years. Yeah, it might be close to
0: 10 years. You're right. So we can't remember all of it because surprisingly we did not keep that knowledge in our brains, um, all this time, but rewatching it has been just as funny. Um, man. And and sometimes, like I said, there's, there'll be three people up there and you're like, man, you just got to not eliminate that one in the second round because some of them, not all of them look the same. Like some are more attractive than others. And sometimes you're just like, man, you really need to not mess this up. And um, I also, Ryan and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and we, I would love to know the number of men who had to decide at the end if they could handle the woman's large bag or not, versus the number of women who had to decide whether they could handle the man's large baggage or not. I'd love to know the stats on that, because I – I told Ryan, I was like, it's got to be close to 100% on the men being like, yeah, I can handle that baggage. Versus the women being like, ah. Some of the men's baggage sometimes is just like, Mm-mm, nope.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, and and like we said before, like obviously the game should find true love. like Just a joke. Um, I mean, you're going on a paid date. like The, the show is paying for this one date after you know, if you find a match after you and embarrassed that, yourself
0: and, on television.
2: Right. And that's all it is. So I mean the guys, yeah, they're gonna accept it. You get to go on a you know, all inclusive <laughs> date with somebody. And as long as their large baggage isn't I kill every person after the first date, then you accept the baggage, you go
0: on a date and you go on your separate ways. Like uh I love it. It's it's a great show. And, and honestly, when the people are on there and they're like, "I'm here to find the right guy, Jerry," and I'm just like, "You're an idiot!" Like, <laughs> great television though. If you ever have the chance to watch Baggage, great television. I'll have to come
1: by it sometime. But
0: have you watched? I do want right to ask. On free television. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. You're gonna want the sound. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask Ryan. Have you watched Winning Time yet? I have not. It is on my list. Okay. It is on my list. I need to watch it, um, but it's I have time. time to
2: sit down and, and watch.
0: It. I like it. I'm just curious, since you are a Celtics fan, I am curious on your take on all of it, but um, we'll get that. Maybe I'll have to report it, or we'll have you back on to talk about it. But, yeah. Congratulations again on winning. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. And uh, Thanks for not saying Babe Ruth's the best baseball player of all time.
2: (laughs) Anything for you, Joe. All
0: right. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. Thanks,
2: guys.
1: All right. Well, thanks again for Ryan coming on there. That was awesome. I I like these uh, interviews uh, as good as our usual guests are of spitting information at us. I like just talking of like, why the heck are you a fan of them? I I appreciate those kind of questions. Um, Because I think people at some point got to defend their fandoms, you know?
0: Yeah. As he let everyone know, we're not friends because he said he doesn't have any friends that are uh, fans of all local teams. So that was cool to learn tonight. Um, But, uh, and then I probably earned it by uh, continuing to make fun of all his favorite
1: players and tell him that, asking the questions you know will make him mad yeah Yeah.
0: which again okay so behind the curtain we're doing our conversation before we start the interview and you i had been picking on you and you said does he do this to you too or is this just me and he goes uh and like didn't want to answer and i was like correct answer is our entire friend group does it to him because he's just so easy (laughs) to get under his skin sometimes. And we heard it a little bit there with the shift answer. Um, he'll get animated <laughs> on that stuff. And we just, so we, we all know the buttons to push. And we all know that about each other. We all know each other's buttons to push to get them, to get them going.
1: Well, the button that I finally pressed was the play button on Netflix for Drive to Survive. I'm not going to say I ignored your advice for so long. I just was waiting for the right time. And now was the right time. I finally felt motivated And I got through all of season one and a couple episodes into season two in a short period of time here, a little over a week. And uh, I mean, the series is great. And honestly, I don't think I ever questioned that from your recommendations. I watched guys crabfish for like four years. I think if you have good producers of something happening that can create drama from anything, uh, you're going to make an interesting show. And I think we've seen that all throughout TV there's plenty to work with here on the F one. And, uh, it's been enjoyable and I, you know, it's working cause on Saturday I had qualifying on the TV and I actually like stopped and looked at it for a second on Sunday. I made sure I turned the TV over to ABC while the actual race was on. Now, did I stay there? No, I'm not, I'm not to that point yet, but I do know the general storylines of the sport and, and how things work a little bit better, which it's all pretty straightforward. It's racing and points and all that. Um, but it's been fun to watch. Uh, the highlights for me i kind of like uh daniel um ricardo uh the australian i know um i don't know if he's like the typical guy that i would pick out to like but for some reason i just i i think he's pretty honest um and even when he doesn't make sense i think he's honest as he can be um so i don't know i've, I've just kind of liked him the best out of plenty of people there that there has been presented to me to like but what i've really been just absolutely glued to are these awkward press conferences that are happening it's not because of the tv show it's not like hey we're filming you let's put you in the same room to talk to each other you know this isn't bill parcells and bill uh bill belichick sitting in a room for a e60 this is press conference happening naturally on the tour and um here is the head of red bull racing who is firing the engine maker for them and also trying to hold on to Daniel Ricciardo. And sitting next to him is the engine manufacturer who runs his own team, who is about to steal Daniel Ricciardo from him. And then they had multiple press conferences in that stretch of time where they're sitting next to each other and answering the reporter's questions of how they feel about these changes and these decisions that are in the face of the guy sitting next to them. And it is the most awkward thing ever. I mean, it's like an episode of Scott's Tots on a press conference stage. So um, I'm living for those kind of press conferences and any drama that can happen that will cause a press conference like that. And already in season two, Haas is, Haas is having some issues. So uh, <laughs> we're going to see some more awkward press conferences. So um, I'm, I like it. It's very good. Um, it was a good recommendation by Joe multiple times over a course of the last year, two years. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I do recommend it to others. Um, I liked how I watched it so far. I've, I've really just like slammed into it and, uh, I think it's better that way. I'd hate to be trying to follow along a week at a time or something, which I bet this all gets dropped at the same time, right? Yep. Okay. So you really wouldn't have to set yourself up, uh, Poorly there, but yeah, I, I've liked binging this. This has been a, a real binge, and I've also discovered my wife hates the noise of F1 cars, so uh, that's made some of the watching a little a little harder. It is hard. Like, I mean, the show's good, and I mean, it's the pr- production value is just absolutely top level. I mean, the cameras, the beh- like the mics on the guys—you're you're always hearing everybody perfectly, you're seeing everybody perfectly—but they will just like have a real quiet moment. And the transition of that is like speeding F1 car. It's it's like in Home Alone when the <laughs> where's Kevin and all of a sudden it's like an airplane mid-sky just blasting. Uh, it's the same thing that happens. But uh it's good. It's good. I recommend it. And um, I have I'm texting Joe throughout it, like, hey, I kinda like Daniel Ricardo. This is probably gonna hurt me in the future, like saying this out loud, isn't it? But, like I just don't want him to become the Yankees this is my my main my main goal. Um so I'm going to continue that with you, Joe, behind the scenes, off the podcast, of like, hey, this is what I think at this moment. And uh, I think it'll be fun. I'll
0: it'll continue to play dumb. So um, I, I appreciate that. There's already
1: been things that, like, mm-hmm. obviously you played dumb on. So I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, like when we were talking, and you were talking about the awkward pressers, and I was like, oh, man, you have no idea. Um, is there some awkward <laughs> team moments? Uh, <laughs> like, where the teams are having their own meetings. I think and think about to have one. It gets awkward. It. Oh, Haas is great. I love Gunter. I love Gunter. He is my favorite person on the show just because he, (laughs) that team is probably the team that has the least amount of money in the entire sport. And they're kind of doing it with duct tape and staples at times, it seems like. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, Haas is the American part of the team. Um, as I touched on at the beginning of this year, they had a sponsor come in that also helped co-run the team that was a Russian benefactor. Uh, they've since dumped him, so it's back to Haas. They are looking for a new sponsor and a new partner, uh, but they don't have one yet. And, uh, But, yeah, it's a great show. And you're talking about the press conferences. I want to do that in more than just F1. It's... It, the, the closest thing I can compare it to is UFC, where the fighters will be on the same stage at the same time during the press conference. We need to do that in football. Let's do it. Let's get them done. It's, everybody goes home quicker.
1: I mean, that's what Annie Agar is doing. She, she makes a comedic... Everybody in the same room. Right. Now, all of it's for jokes. Every moment of it is for jokes. I want it for real. That's the concept she's using is, like, getting everybody in the same room talking trash on each other right after the weeks of football. Yeah, it'd be cool if every Monday in New York, all the teams have to go up, you know. I don't need all the teams. I'm
0: just saying, like, week in, week out. Like, let's put after the game, both coaches and the top three players all sit there at the same time and have to listen to each other and answer questions about each other and just go. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want. Before the game, the day before the game, everyone's there. They're all sitting there. Same thing. Pre-game interviews, coaches, players talking about each other. Go play the game. Post-game, they're back. They're talking about the game. All at the same time. Everybody, wham, bam, done. Super quick. That's best for everyone. And it's best for me as a fan because I'll actually watch Post and pregame press conferences now because maybe something interesting happens versus you know we're on to Cincinnati. I think
1: hockey is the first you got to start this with. I think that. that uh, just, I, now I, I will say I, this: just the right way.
0: Yes, because we will have excitement. Yikes! Because it will probably just be a continuation of the fight that happened at the end of the <laughs> that's bu- why, that's at why the I'm end there. of the buzzer uh, at the end of the game. So, yeah, but. That's why I, I do love those.
1: Speaking of hockey,
0: let's talk NHL playoffs, Leland. Um,
1: you, think I, you think I could do that on purpose?
0: The second round, <laughs> yeah. The second round is an interesting round in the hockey playoffs. Uh, kind of the only one that is over is Colorado and Nashville. It looks like Colorado's about to sweep Nashville. Yeah, uh, they are. Although Nashville did tie it up at, before the end of the first period. Um, they're still going to lose. Uh, the Panthers, who I thought were going to be sweeping or gentlemen sweeping the Capitals, have struggled. They needed overtime to win tonight. Now they did, so that series is 2-2. But it's an important game.
1: It's not for gentlemen anymore.
0: No, it is not. It is a full-blown series. Um, Game 5 is going to be crucial for the Washington Capitals. Only problem is, they're terrible at home. They're awful at home this year. But Their goalie played better tonight, Um, and and that's been kind of the difference in their wins. They beat the Panthers 6-1 in Game 3. I didn't think it was possible to hold the Panthers to a goal, but they did. Uh, The Panthers have also struggled with goalies this year, and and theirs is a little more pronounced in the Capitals in this series. It is a 2-2 series. It'll be an interesting close to it. Uh, the Penguins are up 3-1 to on the Rangers after a dominating 7-2 to performance. I don't know what – the Rangers better fold that hockey team if they can't win this series. They're playing the third-string goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, mm. get out. If you can't beat the third-string goalie, get out. As I said, the Colorado Avalanche, they're having no problems with the Predators. Flames and Stars. I said this was the second round, didn't I? It's the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, The
1: the calendar makes me think it's the second round.
0: Yeah. The flames and stars is an interesting series. Dallas leads that one two to one right now, and it's scoreless at the end of the first period. Who knows how that one goes? That's been a fun series to watch just because both of those teams have been kind of evenly matched. Uh, The Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes all of a sudden became super interesting. The first two games, I didn't see a way Boston was going to win after those first two games, but since they've gotten back to Boston it has been completely different. They have played much better. And all of a sudden, find themselves even in the series. So I am interested to see how game five at Carolina goes. As they go back to Carolina, which I guess means game five will be in Florida. If the Capitals win game five, they're fine. If they lose game five. If they five, don't.
1: If they don't, they can go get trots. He got fired from the Islanders today. They can go bring him back in.
0: Uh pass. Um <laughs> That being said, I know he's the only coach to win a Stanley Cup, and I just – I don't know. There's a reason he got fired there. Uh, the Maple Leafs and Lightning has been an interesting series that's been back and forth. Game five is in Toronto. Here's the other thing about that series, Leland. It's been back and forth blowouts. Maple Leafs win game one, five-nothing. Game two is five-to-three final, but it was like five-to-two for a while and not really in threat. Uh, then game three is five two Maple Leafs. Game four seven three Lightning. So, who knows? That that is the crazy thing about hockey is just it's a bizarre sport sometimes. And the other West series that I'm leaving out is the Wild and the Blues. That's been a fun series to watch. It is also two to two, um, between the Wild and the Blues. And I just it's great hockey all around. Playoff hockey is amazing. I always forget this series is technically a series, but the Kings and Oilers are technically playing a playoff series of that everyone forgets about because it's just the other series and the winner of that series is has no shot of getting past the second round. So,
1: so past my Lanch.
0: The Lanch are going to roll over. Yeah. But I don't think that's I actually don't think that's who they're gonna see. The Lance will the see the blues or wild. Yeah, they'll take them down too. That's gonna to be it.
1: Now will the wild does the wild they play in Minnesota. Do they have protesters storming the ice?
0: No, because they have barriers up. So
1: Hey, barriers.
0: Maybe that's what we need in the NBA. Maybe like a wall? I mean you we have walls? the Nets in baseball. Um Yeah, I mean you could do it in football. Did you watch some ponies Ron? I did. No Disney this week. Because I was watching the ponies. That uh, got
1: in your, That was the reason.
0: I did not. The two minute race
1: was the reason you couldn't watch a Disney movie this week.
0: Yep, that's exactly why. Um,
1: that's <laughs> a doubleheader on Sunday.
0: No, or Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. It was the ponies. Um, I got back in time from that doubleheader just in time to watch the ponies. I definitely did not have money on that eighty-one to one, which sucked. Uh, but. Leland, I'll say I it again. Answer. This is why the NCAA should let San Jose State play in the playoff. You never know what's going to happen. That's a great story. Yeah. That's the same thing. It is the same thing. It would be the same odds. <sighs> San Jose State would have 81-1 to 1 odds to beat Alabama. Um, Actually, it might be more. You, it might be you a
1: under, It's like not even a comparable, like, sporting event. Like, you can't take – Let the Spartans run with the ties. Let them all run at one time.
0: Let them run.
1: Like, that's the reason...
0: Let the boys play.
1: I don't care to have everybody and their mom in these playoffs because, you know what? We saw Boise State beat Oklahoma. We've seen these singular games that happen that are fun and interesting. Honestly, I think that, trying to make this argument, probably argues against the college football playoff because you need these... Reasons to put top teams and worst teams in the same field and see what can happen. And, and I like to get that during the regular season. Like, that, that's the time for it. Because the idea that San Jose State would win enough games to then win the championship. And we see this in college basketball all the time. And I that's, mean, why, like it's it yeah, that's why it's the least popular tournament.
0: Yeah, that's why it's the least popular tournament is because people hate.
1: Off and they won't win the championship. In horse racing, when everybody's running at one time, that underdog can Go off and win the big race because it's just a. But that horse isn't winning a triple crown. That's not a triple it's not crown. Match-ups. It's not a series of one on one matchups building a playoff. It's the Kentucky Derby. They all run at once. You don't, you're not going to put 16 football teams on the field at one time and just see who's the last one standing. So it's just not a, it's not a comparison. Like it's not a real thing to say.
0: But that horse isn't winning a triple crown. That is a one off.
1: That horse is going to lose
0: in the Preakness.
1: I mean, you, you talk to anybody that runs the Kentucky Derby, all they care about is the Kentucky Derby, and it's its own championship, and it's its own big deal. Yeah, and yeah, the, the first-round playoff game would be ground. its Just own like bowl State, game. It's like State not going to win the national championship, so I really don't need to waste my time with them involved in the playoff. I'd much rather see the second-best Big Ten team or an SEC, a second-best mm, uh, nice. SEC team that might have an opportunity to win multiple games then, uh, San Jose you realize State this is why people, people love
0: March Madness, right? Exactly. It's because everybody gets in, and the super underdog can get in there and make an upset. But the super yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to win a national games. title.
1: So in a football series that you can't play six games in three weeks, like, I, just, I don't need to waste my time with it. I just, I just, I'm not here for it. I'm not interested. I, I'll watch that matchup of the regular season. The maybe, national championship not, could be crowned. I don't watch the national play, championship
0: Alabama. could be crowned the same time it's crowned now. You just wouldn't have an entire month between the end of the
1: oh conference NCAA championship. If they're, if they're, they care about the academics and the uh, hilarious. The, uh, please, the finals. <laughs> please, <laughs> they don't want to compete with Christmas. They want to. They want to start this thing after Christmas.
0: I guarantee you, if somebody waves a stack of cash in front of them; they'll compete on Christmas.
1: <laughs> There's no room on Christmas anymore. NBA is going to get shoved out of Christmas with the NBA, with the NFL.
0: And if the NCAA if wanted to play college football on, playoff games, here. they'd play them. Once the money, once somebody shows those presidents what the dollar bills look like, they'll play.
1: I think we'll see an expanded playoff. We're not going to see 16 teams. We're not going to see every
0: conference every represented conference because that's not what they there. want, which is unfortunate. Which, that's oh. going to do the one thing they claim they don't want to do, which is dilute the regular season.
1: I didn't watch the horse race. I was at a social event where I don't think anybody cared about horsies. Um, That's unfortunate. We caught wind of what happened while it was happening. uh, But then we didn't see the highlights till much later. That overhead shot where he's just from way back and it has the call on it. I mean, he doesn't even say um, rich strike or whatever his name was stakes, uh, rich strike. Uh, They didn't say his name until like the very last second, like, he just passed him. He wins. Like, it was just out of nowhere. He was so far back on the last turn there. It, it was awesome. It, it You know, I mean, they, they tried to say the odds. There hadn't been as – it was 1913 was the last time with someone with comparable launch odds. It was odds, the only so odds with...
0: that were bigger than that. It was the second largest yeah. odds in Kentucky Derby history.
1: But even, like, the third longest now wasn't even – it wasn't even right there. So, right. like, it's just – a hundred years in the making, that kind of win. So it's fun. And it it was fun to see. And, and the
0: jockey was great. I mean, that jockey that jockey's gonna get paid a lot of money to ride a lot of horses now. Because what he did in that race was really difficult. He weaved in and out of traffic, which people, I mean, when you see the overhead shot, you're like, oh, obviously this is what you're doing. Like, okay, but it's when you're down track level, you no. can't see all that. And so yeah. he is weaving that horse perfectly he ran the perfect race as a jockey yeah. to get that He's horse like in the a front
1: nine and like you said everybody.
0: the yeah. the guy on the call didn't say his name until he was like in the front at the very end passing everyone because i'm sitting there watching my horse messier that was my horse in the race and i'm talking to my oh, mom on the phone a baffert homer um uh, it wasn't a baffert horse baffert wasn't it, in the it, kentucky dirty. it was until like two months ago well <laughs> whatever
1: um to one of his old guys that used to work for him yeah, yeah no, whatever technically not a Bafford horse technically not a Bafford horse, horse. No,
0: yeah. horse actually you know why i did it because i was like it's the hockey playoffs it's a sign it's messier <laughs> and then messier <laughs> let me down like the new york rangers have let me down yeah,
1: the,
0: by fading at the end but the
1: Yarmir yager but
0: yeah um <laughs> i was talking with my mom on the phone during the race we had synced up the televisions to watch it because it's a, tr- it used to be a tradition for us to watch it together. But obviously this year, me racing back from Richmond and getting to Waynesboro just in time to watch, it wasn't going to happen. So we're on the phone watching as the race is going on. And I'm just sitting there talking to her. And I'm like, who's this butthole coming in on the inside. And it's just, this a horse that's <laughs> shooting up through the pack. And I'm like, and then the announcer's like, it's Red strike the 81 to one. And I was like, shut up. And he just <laughs> blows by everybody. The co- two co favorites passes them both. And it was just like, wow. Uh, phenomenal
1: race. For I him. Sunday morning, immediately, you know, the next time I had a conversation with anybody that cared about it, I was like, I mean, he won't even be the favorite at the Preakness. Like, you no, know, you won't get him 81 to
0: 1, but he won't be the
1: favorite. Yeah, he will not be the favorite because it's just so many reasons he won't be. Uh, Epicenter will still be the favorite. And um, it makes sense. Now, on race day, when all that, you know, dumb money shows up. He probably gets a little bit, whoever
0: mattress Mac bets on, you bet the, don't bet that horse. And unfortunately he's going to bet right before the race. So you'll, that will tell you though, if you just lit money on fire, he (laughs) bet $9 million on the Bengals to win the super bowl. He bet two and a half million dollars on epicenter. Like whatever that guy, it must be nice to just have 11 and a half million
1: dollars. Just blow on two sporting events.
0: I'll never know what that feels like, but my
1: goodness, well, that next race is not for two weeks. Saturday, the 21st at 6.50 is the post time. So I won't be able to watch that Watch either. that. I don't think we'd, we'll be dealing with a triple crown potential after that. The Belmont will be unhappy, uh, but I just don't see Rich Strike striking at Rich again. So yeah. it's going to be a disappointment.
0: Well, that'll do it for us on this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at YaksportsPod or Facebook yak sports Pod, You can also email us yaksportspod at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Or, like I said, those two social sites, we're pretty active on there, too. You can comment. We'll get back to you. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you never miss another episode. Tell us what you think of the Augusta County spring sports seasons as they wind down. What do you think of the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, anything that your heart desires to talk about. What are we not talking about that we should be? Are you watching Drive to Survive? If you are, tell us what you think. Where are you? Unless it's ahead of Leland, then don't. Just message me. I've seen it all. <laughs> but we don't want spoilers for Leland. Um, and it is, it's going to be great.
1: I'm doing my best not to spoil it myself. Like I have not Googled. I know. Anything. Now I you got some I spoilers the during TV. the race. Yeah. Yeah. but like I'm okay with that like and I have to do some figure and I'm like oh that's what
0: did what you I think of the race by the way
1: I will say my eyes are rolling pretty hard uh at the miami uh the production around it where they made like a fake um bay for boats to sit in yeah. on obviously fake material like it's I thought that was a little much but it's miami um I get I get what they're going for um the image aspect and I think in the in some ways it's a little ton in cheek too. Like I, I don't think they're I do think in the serious. future they
0: plan to have actual water there. Like
1: Yeah, they created this track in the uh in the um parking lot of uh I want to say Joe Robbie Stadium, but I know it's been Heart called Rock. three things since then. It's Heart actually not the Rock same Stadium building at all
0: the, it's a totally new building, but yeah.
1: Then Joe Robbie? hmm It absolutely is not.
0: It absolutely is <laughs> hard rock stadium. It's, it's not a, Joe Robbie completely
1: <laughs> renovated. Uh, Joe Robbie. It, it's the same building. That's no. fine. You'll look this up. You'll know that you're on. It's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was crazy like how they made this track around it, but they put a lot into it. So I think that's cool. And America has two races now and it's uh, um, along with the race in Austin. So that'll be cool. I'm, I'm looking, I mean, definitely the race being in America probably had my attention a more because ESPN went, Blasted all their coverage and hosting SportsCenter from there and everything. So it was cool. But that'll do it for this week. I'm going to get off here before Joe sees that he's wrong. We'll be back next week with more Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.